with the co-host of the Closers Olympics, Byron and Pat. How you guys doing? Oh, man, we blessed, man. Blessed. Feeling good. <laughs> yes, indeed, hey, man. I want to I start off today's episode by saying I, I was one of the few people that participated in the 2020 Closers Olympics as well as the 2021, and I thought the best change slash addition from 2020 to 2021 was you guys. Y'all brought incredible energy uh, just in between the, the rounds. I know that there were signs where there were some technical issues. You guys did a great job kind of carrying the crowd through that. So I, I personally, as a participant of this year, I just want to thank you guys for, for y'all's effort. And like I said, I thought y'all were an incredible addition. Oh man, appreciate that, man. Appreciate that, man. I'm 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 excited to be sitting with the champ. You know what I mean? <laughs> the champ is in the building once again, Byron. And I think yeah, that the cool thing yeah, about so. our dynamic was I was just there hyping it up and, and Byron being an investor and having that insight, that helped me a lot because I was able to dish you the ball and you were able to really kind of break down, you know, deal structure and where was the ROI at and the rapport was really good. And I thought that we were able to kind of make our transitions really functional by utilizing each other's strengths, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. That was 100% clear. And well, uh, I you know you got, you got Pat over here bringing this high energy and then you got Byron with the cool late night sexy DJ voice coming in like, like yeah, that was good. RJ was smooth. I'm like, damn, where's the smooth jazz music in the background, right? Like we need this playing. Um, it was fun. So I, I want to talk about this because you guys, y'all were the like the two individuals that were literally there from start to finish. Like y'all had to be there for every moment. So what were some of y'all's like big takeaways through this whole event? What what was something that y'all just walked away going, I didn't expect that? Man, I, I love to chime in on this. So, so so number one, I know from being a business owner in this space, um, I my my appreciation for the art and the skill of sales, it just dramatically increased the power of sales. And also another thing I noticed is, is the power of using good scripts, right? And really having um, your sales process down packed. I think uh, that was one of the, the, the areas where I saw a lot of imp uh, uh, improvement needed in my own personal business uh, because I saw you guys just killing it, slicing through those calls uh, with amazing, uh, uh, not only speed, but uh, uh, discernment, the emotional um, intelligence was just extremely high. Um, it was just so many things I was able to take away from everything that I learned from you guys. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm forever grateful, man, to be honest with you, man. And, and RJ, I got questions for you, man. Like, how, were you using a script? How did you... Uh, get those people to to break down uh, so fast, pull back uh, that that guard. You know what I mean? Because you were like slicing through those calls like butter. Um, well, I, I appreciate that, and and it's funny that you ask those questions because I've since since the the closers Olympics, I've been on several podcasts, and and people have asked me similar questions, and and I just keep going back to. Um, the fact that you're having conversations with real people. And so mm -hmm. I think at times we try to think about it too much of playing mind manipulation games, whereas um, take Pat for an example. Pat is, is obviously a successful entrepreneur in his own field, um, but he's watching us buy someone's house, right? Yeah. He took some of what he watched in the Closers Olympics sales technique wise and can now implement it into his own business. It was funny. We were laughing and joking right before us because he was on a, a sales call for his business. And, and when you look at it, it's just human communication. Mm -hmm. And so I think with, with my style of coming in and being upfront about what I want, that is a breath of fresh air for a seller to say, well, here's what I want. I do want to sell my house and I want 150,000 and can we do business? And from there, the conversation starts. 
And, and, you know, people say that they were blown away by something I did, but I, I'm not because I just think it's just having simple conversations. That's why I was so relaxed during the whole damn thing, you know? So it, it's funny that, that people make such a big deal out of it. And, and maybe I'm short, short changing myself, but I, I really think it's just having a conversation. Pat, I want to ask you, um, as someone who is not a real estate investor, you run a, a digital marketing company, you're, you're big on social media, and, and you do videography and all kinds of different things in that space. As someone that got to watch three full days of this kind of content, what were some of the takeaways that you had from the event? Well, I think that, you know, Byron, you mentioned a lot of good things and RJ, you did too. So I'll just kind of double down on some things you said, and it's just communication. Uh, my business in the media business or social media or marketing, or we do comedy skits as ads for people. All we're doing is communicating that message as a solution to someone that needs it. RJ, you were talking about, you've got hours and hours and hours of YouTube stuff that needs to be chopped up and put up on TikTok. So that's a solution I can provide for your business. We're actually doing that. Our company is running the Closers Olympics page. That uh, team doesn't have a whole bunch of time to go and cut up the whole recording. So our team is doing that. And we're going to be creating a TikTok page and YouTube shorts and Facebook and Instagram reels and all that kind of stuff. Because that's us providing information and communicating to right. people that might be interested in this uh, Closers Olympics 2022. So it's yeah. all about communication and different businesses have their own way of doing that. But you communicate your solution to the customer or the potential client. And it, whoever does that the best, in my opinion, wins. And you were really comfortable at knowing what your solution was going into the call instead of trying to be reactive, you were really proactive yes. of here's what I want. Here's what I can offer you. If that works for you, then let's make a deal. If not, no big deal. I'll right. go and I'll ask somebody else. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I do want to ask you guys, uh, not every call, not every round went great, right? I mean, this is cold calling. It's you, luck of the draw, who you're going to get. Were you two in communication as those rounds were going on when it's hitting like the 20-minute mark and you're like, hey, so-and-so is kind of sucking ass right now. Like, <laughs> what, what are we going to say? We, I we was calling. Yeah, I was calling Byron. Crazy. Yeah. We were calling each other and texting each other. I was like, yo, man, I need to eat something. I might need a bang energy or something like that. I mean, these were like 10-hour days. Yes. And absolutely. And so we were definitely in communication. Um, we didn't want to miss much, but there were some rounds where it was just, uh, it was it was flat and it wasn't really necessarily the caller's fault or even the seller's fault. Sometimes it was just, that's just part of the game. Right. And I have to be, I have to be brutally honest too on this too. One thing I did notice, um, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and I did, listen, I got, <laughs> listen, it, it was just some people who were just better than other people. And I'm yeah. just going to keep it real. Listen, it was it was what I noticed. You, some people were able to kind of have better communications with people, mm. period. Right. I, and, and I saw it. Some people had what I did see. Uh, uh, I, I saw that some people had um, good sales skills, but didn't necessarily have good people skills. Yep. I saw some people who had good. Uh, people skills, but couldn't close. Yeah. Right. And so I saw, and then I also got a chance to witness people like you who had good sales skills and people skills. Yep. And, and that is the reason why it was no, listen, listen, RJ, listen, it was no coincidence why you won twice. Right. Uh, no coincidence. It was no coincidence why Monif was in the top rounds yep. because they were able to merge both those skill sets uh, in a masterful way, and I and I truly I truly believe that it shone through uh, in in the end. And and I want to talk true. about Munif for a second because you bring him up, and, and everyone talks about they're they're blown away because he's only been in real estate investing for six seven months, mm -hmm. right? But real estate investing is not closing, exactly. Right? 
learning what an after repair value and and running rehab numbers and and deciding what your MAO is, which it's MAO, Max, in case you're watching, it's not MOA. Um, I could talk shit to Max Maxwell now because he's not the he's not a judge of me anymore. But uh, a maximum allowable offer. Uh, that's something that you learn, but closing and, and communicating with the human being, which is what this competition was. And it, I'm glad you brought that up and you said, hey, some people just weren't as good as others. Because look, there can only be one Tom Brady of closing, okay? And I have firmly established that that's me, okay? And then there had to be a Detroit Lions out there, okay? And that was some of the other ones that you're referencing. Look, <laughs> the, the, the fact of the matter is you entered a competition, and this is a lot different than just a day-to-day, hey, I've got eight hours to find a deal, right? And I think some of these people, the shot clock really impacted them. So let's talk about that for a second because I want to ask you guys. Y'all were behind the scenes. Y'all were in control of this. So, Pat, maybe you know this one, okay? What happened here where people were just getting, like, arbitrary additional time? So, um, so yeah, putting me on the spot. So I want you to, Pat, you answer this honestly. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, listen, man. And, and I said this, I only speak from my experience. If I'm an MC at a conference, if Brian and I are in an MC in a conference, we have times that we have to stick to, or the audience just leaves. Right. Okay. If, if somebody's going 25, 30 minutes over their time slot at a conference, we literally cannot have that happen. Right. Obviously, this was like a virtual competition. So we have to kind of size it up the, the way that it actually is. But I, I mean, with the bad leads and people got more time and this and that and the other thing, I would personally say next year, I mean, if you get the shit stick, you get the shit stick. And that's part of the deal. Conor McGregor broke his leg in half the other day and he lost because of it. It right. sucks. Um, and, if, you know, maybe he says certain things I don't agree with or other people don't agree with or whatever. Moral of the story was when the leg broke, it's sad, but he got injured and he took an L. That's the way the game goes. When Listen. you step in the cage or when you step in a competition or, or, or you step on stage like I do, you get a certain time limit and that's it. Listen, I was in a hotel room in Cleveland, Ohio. My biggest concern about doing this was the Wi-Fi connection. Yeah, I was going to say the internet. First round, I'm talking to a seller. I get a verbal agreement and I look at my computer and I'm like, Holy fuck, I'm not on the stream yard anymore. <laughs> and I'm like clicking the buttons and I come back and I'm like, he, he verbally agreed. And, and yeah, you, I don't think they gave it. you points for that. No, 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 no. She said those will not count. Mm. So they gave me four extra minutes. I was the first person that got extra time. Right. In the whole competition. And mm. I felt like when it happened, I said, cool, I'll take it. I don't know why you just did that. <laughs> I I yeah. took it and I got a verbal agreement right after it, which I guess worked out. But honestly, it was it, it caused delays throughout the rest of the day. Right, the precedence yeah. was set, and I I my feedback that I gave the closers Olympics committee was is hey, let's cut that out. Okay, bad leads are part of the game. Wi-Fi going out, that's on me, okay? I yeah, made that lost decision points when anyway. I said I You lost your points anyway. Right, and, and and so, but don't give me extra time. You know, I mean, hey, sorry, RJ, you used your time the way that you used it. It sucks. It is what it is. But um, outside of that, did you guys have I will direct- say, before you move on from the time, Aaron Bevins had bad leads and probably the worst time slot and also got, in my opinion, the worst score because of it. But at least he took it on the chin, took the KO, and took it like a man. I got to give him props for that. He had the shittiest time slot, the shittiest leads, and walked all the way through the round and lost by decision. Fair play. Yes. And and they didn't give him extra time. Throw that out there. He didn't get anything except a I, stick in the ass and on to the next round. So I got to give Aaron is, props for that. And this is two years in a row. Aaron has got shafted during his rounds. Oh, Last man. year. It was a bad time slot. 
Lat, bad time slot this year. Last year, Mojo Dialer wasn't working. Okay? He had to hand dial from his <laughs> cell phone. Oh, my God. And Max Maxwell gave him a zero and said, oh, there's nothing Ooh. to judge. You get zero. I was Man. like, bro, that was the most savage thing I've ever seen in my Ooh. life. My heart was breaking for the guy because, he, you know, Aaron, he was smiling ear to ear. Like, I whatever, know. guys, we're going to go. We're going to fight through this. And I'm like, oh, I would have been pissed. I would have been like, fucking shut the whole competition down. Get my shit working. I ain't doing this, you know. And he was like, so happy, go lucky. It was hilarious. Oh, so, so I was right, just but, bringing up that example because he didn't get anything but an L. And so yeah. I just wanted to make sure I drew that parallel real quick. Yeah. And, and I'm glad you brought him up because I give I give Aaron a, a hard time. Just for people to know, the reason why I give Aaron a hard time is because he's the only one that's fun with it. Okay. It's banter back and forth. Okay. I don't actually despise the guy. I actually love him. I think he's a great guy. Um, so moving on, the judges, okay? Did you guys have direct communication with the judges during the competition, or were y'all separated? A little bit of both. So so we were separated right. officially, right? But we did, you know, we, we we were able to crack a couple jokes in the, in the back chat um, on the little live stream, you know what I mean? But right. outside of that, we didn't have any direct connection, no official connection. You know, gotcha. which I think right. yeah. made it fun because we were able to kind of have our own thoughts. You know, I had my own opinions, you know what I mean? But it didn't matter because I was able to kind of have my opinions with no influence. You know what I mean? So I think it was dope the way they kind of had that set up. So I, yeah, I wouldn't have the trouble. stuff. That, yeah. The stuff that we were discussing in like the back chat or whatever you want to call it was was not anything that would affect their score. Um, they were the judges, and that was addressed before we even started every day. Don't say anything that affects judges. Don't comment on this, or he's doing good at that. Leave that up to the judges. So anything that we did was just crack of jokes, really. And, and look, I'm asking these questions as for people to know. This is kind of like reality TV, right? right. People watch right. the reality TV shows, and they're like, is this truly unscripted, or is it scripted? I'm wanting to know, like, hey, were you asking the judges before, like, hey, was was RJ good? Oh, he was good? Okay, cool. Now we're going to go on and be like, yeah, that was fucking amazing. Or were you like, hey, are you about to roast this dude? You know, Yo, they like, chewed me a little bit in the back chat when I came on, and I was like, it is over. RJ has done it. They were like, no, don't say that. I know. It was so funny. Yeah. They were like, don't do that. I'm like, you literally. Oh, you were me. there. So you kind of yeah, saw like, the back. You literally chat. shut me down 10 minutes early. I'm pretty sure that was like the knockout. Okay. okay? Yeah. No. It's like there's That's not much drama left in the situation here. Okay. Yeah. So I also want to ask awesome. about, you know, the, the other big change to this year was the Friday. We made it a three day event, the open run. We had the competition where anyone could submit themselves to compete, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm blown away that I've still seen shit on, on social media saying, well, you didn't have the top closers competing. Okay, well, you had a chance to come in, big dick. Why didn't you come show me how awesome you are? Because I didn't see you. So you're just sitting behind your keyboard. That makes you a keyboard exactly. warrior. Okay? Keyboard warrior, man. Right. A keyboard so, closer. Right. So my, my question to you guys is, did you see a drastic difference between the closers on Friday and then the ones that were automatically entered on Saturday? I would say, I would say that, you know, the competition definitely got a little bit more stiff towards the end. Um, the skill set, you know, uh, just it just increased. I mean, you know, and let's just be honest, man. Munif got a couple of the same callers as some of the other people, and he was a whole lot better with those callers than the other people. Yeah. And right. oh, you, you, what, what can we attribute that to? Can we say it was luck, or can we say it was skill? It's skill. At some that, point, what, it has what, to be what, skill. What did you think about the difference between the the specifically those guys that competed on Friday? Do you think 
I guess I'll ask it more directly because yeah. I, I feel like Pat's a savage. Byron's yeah. been a little bit nice. Pat, do you think the minor league players deserve to be playing in the major leagues? So I definitely noticed a, a difference. I definitely thought that Munif stood out from the open run people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yep. do think that overall, and this is just my opinion, I thought overall the judges catered to the open run people and gave them more points based on the fact that they were the open run people and kind of wanted to even the playing field when, in my opinion, they were not performing at the same level outside of Munif. And that might be me being mean or harsh, but it's the true. I'm not as good at social media as Jake Paul. Right. Exactly. So, I I mean, I can say it about myself, too. Right. And, and, and look, I, I think that is a, a reality of a competition where at times, as a judge, it's going to be really difficult to think about what you just saw and then what you see 12 hours later, compare it to that and, and judge it the same way. I noticed it in my first round. Um, I, was, I was a little bit shocked by some of the scores. Um, that they were that they were so drastically different. Crystal Polite scored me really high. Steve Train scored me really high, where he was brutal the whole Steve day. Steve was tough to yeah, impress, and tough. we needed people like that. In my yes, opinion. yeah, I and love Steve And then, but CJ was hard on me, and I thought that was funny because uh, of all the people to be hard on me, I didn't think CJ would be that that person. And it was funny to see people scoring based off of what they like and and the difference of maybe Chris expected more from me. Because mm-hmm. I have talked to Chris. Chris is, you know, Chris and I are buddies. I mean, he's told me, he's like, dude, you you should have won last year. And and he was like, uh, I'm expecting big things from you this year. He texted me before, he's like, Hey, go out and win this thing. And and to see he was the hardest score me, I, it, it almost felt like it was because he expected more. And I think the open run guys, the judges just didn't quite expect as much. So when Munif came out and killed it, it was like, holy shit, you know, give him as many points as possible, you know. Right. So it was interesting. I think it was a good addition because uh, obviously Munif, Munif made it all the way to the finals. Uh, but I want to ask about that because we had a moment during Saturday, where it was basically the last dramatic moment of Saturday, Stephen Morales had a seller basically closed. Okay. He was, he sent the guy the contract, verbally agreed to it. And there was this moment of Stephen could have closed it. And, and a, do you guys remember this moment on Saturday? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> And, and the guy said, I want to look over the contract myself and I'll sign it tomorrow morning. And Steven just kind of said, okay, sounds good. Talk to you tomorrow morning. He got off the phone. I think that's what cost him the finals. My question is, is do we think Steven Morales should have been in the finals over Munif? Mm, Byron, do you take that one first? I'll be honest with you. I think Munif... Um. Okay, let me say this. Let me say this. I think Stephen Morales, in terms of him having that, that he was a little bit more seasoned than a Munif yep. as a salesperson, right? right? But I think Munif, his ability to connect with people, bro, he has a, he has a very unique skill set, and I think that 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 rapport that he was able to build with people sent him over the top. Uh, and I think that is where he probably outshines somebody like a Steven Morales, even though I believe that Steven Morales is probably a little bit more uh, skilled as a closer. I think Munif is, is, has a natural ability to just build rapport, man, like I haven't seen. Uh, and his emotional intelligence, I believe, is just a little bit uh, off. It's just, to me, it was off the charts, just my personal opinion. Steven gets yeah. a signed contract he's in, though, right? Yeah, yeah, I would say so, but it's still, it has to be emotional intelligence. I still got to give it to Munif. 
I, I just, See, this I, is something I was going to say, and I like that you brought this up because I, you're a little bit better at the the real estate lingo than I am because right. uh, you're in the business. But what I was going to say was I noticed that judges, if there was a likability factor about who was on screen, that even if their skill set was maybe like if five was average, everyone was at least average or a little bit above average. If someone's a six or a 6.5 on skill set, if their likability was a nine, they got a better score. That's true. I agree. And, so and I'm glad you brought that up. I almost feel like the rapport, you're always building rapport with the seller or, or in my case, the potential client. But if the judges like that, then they like you and they give you a better score in other categories. I noticed that the rapport building was the number one way to win the round because if people like you, they give you a higher score. Like Christina was, Aguilera was giving everybody high scores and Steve Trang was butchering people. So, Pat, are you right, saying- Right, I don't think her scores were necessarily wrong. I just think that she was able to be won over in the report department where Steve didn't bite that hook. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's just my opinion. Christina just wanted to make sure she gave used all of the numbers. You know, she didn't want to leave any of the numbers out. Um, <laughs> Pat, are you saying during during- the round, the the closer was essentially building rapport with the judges. With the judges, as well. yes, right, yeah, I would say one hundred percent. I I I disagree. Let me tell you why. One thing I noticed, bro, is that, and it's just just to go back to Monif, bro. Monif got a call that another uh, 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 closer got, and that that call went to went to hell with that other call. Mm. Same caller, not that much longer, and Munif was able to build instant rapport with the same lady and almost I agree. So, I, I, so when you have situations like that, how do you it's hard to discount that skill set? It's just and, and and listen, in terms of closing, no, Steven Morales, hands down, better closer. I felt like Munif on that second round did a lot more. He did too much rapport building, not right. enough closing, right? So that's a skill set that I believe that he should work on. But in terms of that just likability factor, it's hard to quantify, but I think he had something special. And I think you have that too. You have that too that, that takes you above the average. That's almost why I brought it up is because you actually fit that mold. The difference was is that you know everybody so much more, so they judge you harder on your skills because right. they do already know that you're like that. So you didn't get that benefit where in my – and again, it's just my opinion. Other people may have because they were new to the screen. Right. Oh, I like this guy. I, I You know, he did okay right here. Whereas you might have been like, well, shit that he didn't get anything over a one well think about this so you know okay. what i'm saying though byron absolutely a little but, bit it's never 100 on any of these things but think about this the finalists okay the other two finalists did not compete last year one of the finalists literally i don't think anyone knew the, the kid's name prior to the event right i don't think max maxwell or brent daniels or or brian knew who Munif was prior to this, right? Max Jimenez was, I mean, he, he's essentially been Steve Trang's partner, okay? Steve Trang's the guy that's on Real Estate Disruptors. He's the brand building guy. I know Max has gotten himself out there more over the past year or so. I think there's some credence here to what Pat's saying in the fact that it was like, we all expected Steve Train to be good last year. But then seeing his partner come in, it's kind of like, damn, Max is smooth on the phone. Max was good. And he got judged hard because people kind of knew who he was. Like, even I knew who he was. So I expected him to be a certain way. I expected him to potentially get to the finals. Right. And so you're going to judge someone like that just a little bit harder. I, I, I feared Max going into the competition. I talked a lot of trash about Max saying that he was going to finish dead last because he's just Steve Trang's partner, but that was just for the trash talking and, and for the fun of the event. Um, but let, let's talk about we, – we've talked about some of the good there in the, in the finals and the judging and stuff. I want to talk about was there a moment 
during the event. And I, I want you guys to be honest about this, okay? Because this is on RJ's podcast, and, and I, I want to talk about all the real <laughs> shit, okay? Absolutely. Was there a moment where you were like, what the actual fuck did this closer just say or do? Like, that's not what you do. Was there a moment where you were like scratching your head? Like, I cannot believe he just did that, especially in a competition in front of this many people watching. Yeah, I think uh, my guy, um, uh, man, what's his name? What's his name? Oh, my God. He ended up he ended up giving somebody. It was just a horrible deal. It was a subject to deal. Uh, and he basically accepted an absolute trash deal and was just telling him, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll, we'll give you that. And plus, you know, a a million dollars and and I'm being ridiculous right now, but that was basically what he did to try and secure the deal. Um, and, um, that was horrible. That was absolutely horrible. I disliked it because it was pandering to the judges and trying to just get something done, get a deal closed. But in reality, that wasn't really a deal. Um, and it kind of worked and I didn't like that. It kind of left a little sour taste in my mouth. Was it the max deal with the five piece lot and everything? Was that it? It was deal where he did like a sub two and he gave the guy like ridiculous. I forget the, 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 you know, all of the the details on it, but it was Did the judges score him based off it being a poor deal. I think he got way too many points for that, for that deal. Um, for what, for what happened, um, I would have judged him a lot harsher. Um, because it was such a bad deal. And it's like, bro, anybody can, anybody can close a bad deal. Right. Pat, was there, was there ever a moment that you were like, what the fuck just happened? Um, you know, there were so many calls and it was long. It was a long weekend. I would say, um, like the second day towards the end of the day, I thought that Manny Cash performed really, really well. I thought that Steven Morales performed really, really well. And then um, in between there, Keith got, Keith just got a shit. His time slot just kind of went to shit. It was bad right. leads. He couldn't make anything happen because of the bad lead. He just got stuck with just one, like what we talked about. Like you bust your leg in the second round and you can't fight. You just, you kind of just lose. <laughs> right. And there's nothing. And that kind of happened to Keith. It happened to Aaron too. And then we started Munif. But I think instead of allowing Munif to get butchered, at the end of the day, they stopped it and let him start over the next day. And he, he did better, but I, I don't I don't know. My question to you, Byron, and here we go, keeping it real, would that have happened to anybody if it wasn't the open run person? Because again, I think, and this is just my opinion, because I felt the same way throughout the competition. I was like, oh man, the open run guys. I want to see the open run guys do something. I want to see the open run guys do something. It was almost like we wanted them to get to the finals and they saved Munith at the end of the day from getting butchered. That's my opinion. Could be, but it was, I I, still did a great job the next day. He did. I'm not taking that away from him, but I'm saying Aaron got slaughtered. Yeah, Aaron did get slaughtered. Aaron got completely slaughtered. Slaughtered. Um, you know, and and I think I think at that point I think it was too late. You know, uh, the cause. Yeah, I agree. I, know, I'm not saying that they shouldn't have, but I'm just saying they definitely stopped the clock for him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because you know people were pissed that he was even calling that late at that point, right? Um, but I get it. You know, listen, man, it was a lot of horrible moments. It was some horrible moments where I thought, uh, you know, I, you know, it was a couple, you know, moments. Even Nick Perry, you know, much respect to Nick Perry, but you know, he got he slaughtered. Yeah, he had some rough he moments. He got bulldozed. Sorry, Nick. And you know, and, and that, you know, here's the deal. Here's the deal. What what I noticed overall in that competition, RJ, if I'm being completely honest, you had again. I got to go back to this because this is really important to me. You had people who had great sales skills. And you had people who had good rapport skills. Okay. Mm. And the winners, all of the winners, I have to say, all of the people who who were who were at the in the top rank, you know what I mean? Um, they had a, a higher merger of both. Um, with you probably edging everybody out, and it was clear, it was definitive, it was no, it was no ambiguity there, right? Um, when I saw Max, Max, 
he was it was clear, right, that he now, if anything, I would take away from him is that he did not have those people uh, the, the the rapport. He didn't give you the, the warm and fuzzies like 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 you or like a Munif at the same level. But mm. the spell skills, brutal. I mean, the guy was an absolute savage. I'm just going to I'm gonna throw this out there because I I am a student of the game. I care about this. I care about the Closers Olympics. It's been huge for me personally. And I'm a competitor. Like, this is fun. I never thought right. we were going to have something like this in real estate investing. You know what I'm saying? Like, this, this, this is like fuels my inner like. I think it's really here. cool too, man. I do. Right. So – I thought Max beat Munif in the finals in the first eight minutes. His first call, I, I looked at Elijah, my partner, and I said, Max, I know he didn't get a deal on that, but he put on a fucking sales clinic in the first oh, eight oh, minutes yeah. in his first call. I mean, it, it was just it, the 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 – the techniques that he used and the script and, and just the, the takeaway and everything. I mean, it was all there. And, it was, and it was high, high. And, level. and I, I just, I agree that I think the judges for whatever reason, if they heard the, the, the tonality and, and the, the mirroring and, Oh, listen to how Monif is slowing down. And, and it, they really liked that. And, it was like, look, there's great aspects of that. And I'm not downplaying anything Munif did because it sounds like that's what we're saying. Munif was no. great. No, dude, he but was sick. But to, to closing, then just that, and I thought Max really brought that out um, in the finals, and his score just didn't reflect it. I was shocked that he finished third. I, I thought he deserved second. Um, and, and unfortunately, you know, neither one of them had much go right in their final round. I watched the right. whole final round there and I was just like, man, this sucks for them. You know, they wanted to put on a show and they're just not getting it. And, and then once I got on the phone, it was just like, man, this is good lead, good lead, good lead. Um, it, it was just kind of unfortunate for them. That, that being was one said, thing. That was one thing I wanted to jump in on when you were like, was there any time where you kind of looked at the competition and you were like, fuck, I remember when Max was finishing and we, we, it was like counting down and I like walked out the, the door and I'm like, oh man, you know, RJ's up next. We need a deal, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like it's the last day we've put like 30 hours of broadcasting into this thing. If RJ doesn't get a close, it's going to end on the wrong note, in my opinion. So it, when you close that deal and they stop the clock with like 15 minutes left, it was the best possible scenario to end on an explosion. And that's why I was so excited yeah. when that happened, because there's nothing better than a referee stoppage in any right. type of, 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 uh, sporting event or entertainment event, like a grand slam home run or a walk off home run, or, you know, <laughs> right? Like Michael Irvin in the end zone or a Jordan shot to close the deal against the Jazz. That's like history or right. Ali versus Sonny Liston or any example you want to. That's what you watch it for, man. <laughs> and to have that be the final cap on the entire <laughs> event, I don't know if it, that's ever going to get touched. Hey, because let me, that let me was the you. moment for me Sunday getting into the afternoon, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm tired. It just removed all of the doubt. It removed all of the we doubt. We need something big. Yeah, we need something huge, like devastating right that's, now. To close that's the thing. other aspect of it is is it made the, the event more legitimate, okay? Yep. Because I was a part of 2020, okay? Mm. And so the feedback on the files was is, how can he be the king closer when they didn't even close deals? They they was just they weren't getting actual contracts, and it was like I was a part of that, and I'm like I get that I I I get that feedback. I'll tell you because I love sports and I've played a lot of them, so I'm gonna dig deep in the archives. But I'll tell you exactly where my mind was. It was not a competition between me, Munif, and Max. It was, and I said this a lot, it's specifically in the behind-the-scenes calls. I said, it is our job to represent our industry. We mm. are going out there, and people are coming. It is our job to show them 
what the integrity of this industry is and the skill sets that we have. And we have to go put on a good performance for our industry. And so I watched my partners, even though they were my competitors, struggle. It felt like bowling league, okay? I love bowling, and I I did bowling leagues for like a long time. I'm terrible at bowling. And this was my, my, my two partners. We needed a strike. And my two partners had open frames, and it was, don't worry, boys, I got this. And it was just, I I wasn't nervous. I just knew what was going to happen. It was one of those rare moments where you just know, hey, this is going to go the way I need it to. I think it was knowing that I had an hour on the clock. An hour is a long time, uh, especially when you move through calls quickly. Um, Just a couple of random thoughts that I had throughout the event. I think people should have been moving on quicker in their phone calls uh, than they were. Uh, Aaron, we talk about Aaron's round was tough, but he kept the guy on the phone for like 15 minutes. You know, I mean, he could have gotten off the phone there. I do think if giving Munif extra time, they probably should have given Aaron um, extra time as well. They just uh, threw all there into the wolves. <laughs> they did. They did. It is second year in a row. But the the good thing about that is being on like the panel and a part of the people who put on the event, it was almost, and again, this is savage, but it was almost good that like Elijah, Keith and Aaron really did not like score in like the upper echelon. Cause if they were putting on the event and they were putting so much time into that, they weren't really focused on anything other than putting on a great event. And plus I got a lot of great nuggets from Keith, Elijah and Aaron. So it almost played to the benefit of the transparency of the overall, um, you know, approval rating of the audience. If I was an audience member, I'd be like, Oh, well, the guys that put it on got kind of got their butts kicked. Right. (laughs) Right. So I, last question I want to ask you guys before we wrap up here. Well, I actually have two. I have two questions. First question. Is there anything that you think should be done differently in the future with the event? I would, I would say if one thing for sure, I think they need to definitely vet the leads a little bit better. Okay. Um, and I do believe that if they had some technical support people on site with all of the closers, I think that would be helpful as well. We had a lot of technical issues in the back. No, we a lot of people didn't see those things because we were able to, you know, me and Pat were able to, you know, we were able to play it off real, real good. Right. A lot of uh, issues in the back. Um, and, uh, and, and, and I, I do think some of those leads could have been vetted a little bit better because some people just got trash. Right. Bro. And I think, you know, that is not, you know, that's not, of course it's a competition, but when you get back-to-back trash, how can you really do anything with that? Now, if I could see if somebody right. got people who are interested in selling that, that make a little bit of a difference in the overall competition. That way we can see the skill set or lack thereof. You know what I mean? Right. Pat, what do you think? I would say uh, back to square one with the time. Like, I mean, you get, you get X amount of time and, and if you get butchered, you get butchered. And again, I'll, I'll put Aaron um, on a pedestal and get a gold medal for, for walking into the line of fire uh, on a bad time slot. Um, Whether, whether he had 15 minutes on that call or not, I, I just, I don't know that anything was going to convert on a Saturday night at, during happy hour. And, right. you know, he, he went in there and, and took his shots. And so I think that everyone should approach the round the way Aaron did and smile and have fun and understand and Nick Perry too. Nick Perry didn't have a very great time slot early in the morning on a Saturday. Right. And he just kind of did his thing and, and went back off to the bank because Nick's a successful guy. But, I think that's how it should work next year. If you get 30 minutes, you get 30 minutes. If the yeah. leads suck, and you because because here's what happened. We gave people extra time, but it didn't even help. Agreed. Agreed. It didn't help at all. I would say, you know, some of the feedback that I gave the, the closers committee was I think they need to find a way to show the audience the comps. Um, I thought that was a huge issue. Whereas the closers, we, sometimes it was like, "Hey, comps are going to be provided," and we're like, "When? When's when's the comp coming? I need I need to know." 
Um, I, I think that was uh, definitely an, an aspect of it that could be better. Um, and and then consistency with the scoring. I mean, you guys even brought it up. You know, uh, Christina was high. Um, Crystal was high. Steve, super low. Uh, I think everyone enjoyed Steve's judging better than anyone else, right? Because it was so he was hard on consistent, right? It was yes. it was the concept for me. Brian too. Brian added I was a- about to say Brian was good too. He was tough yeah. to please, but he was also um neutral in the fact that like he had certain things he was looking for, and he said that before the competition started. Absolutely. Gotcha. All right. So last question. Will you guys be back next year as host? Oh man, Absolutely. I'd, be, I'd be honored. Honored. Yeah. Man. Awesome. That was so wow. much fun. And I mentioned it was I, a lot I of am, hours, but but it was awesome. You know what? It, and listen, last year it was tough because essentially the hosts were Elijah, Aaron, and Keith. But mm. in reality, it was the judges. So Carlos, Max, and Brent, and they didn't have other judges. So they essentially sat there for 20 hours. Judging while hosting, while commentating, they never got to leave. I mean, there was a moment I remember Carlos was like, I have to piss. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go piss. Like, I, I, I have to do this, this bodily function. Right. You know, it was like, Last no time like, knees. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. and so having you guys there, I thought was a huge, huge bonus for the event itself. Um, and again, I hope we do the open run. Um, I actually, this is my ultimate wish. Okay. I wish they would build it up NCAA tournament style Mm. where you have to earn your way in to the closers Olympics. So I kind of threw the boys under the bus and I said, look, Elijah, Keith, you didn't do good. I don't think you get a free pass the next year's closers Olympics. I think you got to earn it. The Saturday yep. before, head to head, one on one, one hour, sell a ticket for twenty bucks, ten bucks, whatever, you know. Or, or you stream that. You know what? And this is where, uh, being a social media guy, I'm jumping in. That's a brilliant idea, and oh, yeah. I think that there should be a free conference play tournament, and go. the winner of each Northwest, you know, yep. Northeast, Ooh. Southwest. You know, South, or, or you know what I'm saying, right? Exactly. So then exactly. you got like your team from like the Seattle area and your team from the California area and Florida and New York and like Texas versus Phoenix is a showdown. Ooh, right. And you get someone from each category and then someone gets eliminated and someone moves on to the Closers Olympics the next week. And you make that free on right. all the Closers Olympics pages. And free. listen, their, their, their feedback has been they're worried about judges. I'm just telling you right now, as the king closer of 2021 and forevermore, uh, I will gladly judge anything. Um, I want a fair competition. I I think this is huge for our industry. I think anyone out there should buy the replay. It's $97. Um, just not only to watch us, but the judges and the feedback that they give. Listen to Steve Train for fucking 12 hours. Absolutely. Just sit there and be like, he should be doing this now. He should have said this or she should have done that. I mean, it's invaluable. Um, I thought uh, y'all's presence was extremely felt. So thank you from from my heart. Listen, last year, this this is funny. This is how I feel about 2021 Closers Olympics, okay? (laughs) Y'all are going to laugh at this. 2020, I end, I interview Stephen Morales, Keith Everett, I do uh, Antonio, I, I do all these closers podcasts, okay? 2021, I destroyed the competition so bad that the first people I wanted to interview were the fucking hosts. There are no other closers. There was only one. I only wanted to talk to the host, okay? So there you go. Savage. Congratulations, Pat and Byron. You were the two stars along with me. Oh, Fuck man. everyone else. This I is will Byron add, and Pat, the Closers Olympics recap. Thank you, guys. One thing I wanted to add for people out there, the real estate people, is don't ever ask anyone if it's a bad time to talk. 
<laughs> that would yes. probably be if I was a judge and Steve said this too. And once he pointed it out, when you said Steve Trang's commentary was so good, once he pointed it out, I noticed it all fucking weekend. Oh, oh is yeah. this a bad time? Is this a bad time? Hope I didn't catch it a bad time. Bad, right. bad, 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 bad. Like, dude, no, you don't put any <laughs> negative energy in anybody's head when you're trying to sell them something. Right. So that was a maybe the number one takeaway I got from the whole entire weekend. Don't ever give did, someone an out. Did you catch uh, my line on the, the last call? I, had? I know that this is a good time. Uh, yes, I, I did. Know, I know I caught you at a good time. Yeah. And, then I, and then I winked at the judges. Right. Yeah. Man, you, you catch that? Yeah, it but was man, good. The thing with closing is just be yourself, have a good time, uh, just like you guys did. And, and honestly, I, I said this to someone. I said, uh, I someone needs to lock Byron down for hosting next year because I Byron, I bet you're a fucking killer closer, aren't you? <laughs> you know what, man? I think I'm a decent closer. I'm a decent closer. I learned a lot, honestly. I don't honestly. know if they want Byron on the other side of the mic. No, <laughs> I don't. Might, he might KO somebody for 10 minutes left. You know I think I one thing I am good with, I'm good with the rapport side. What I feel like I can work on is the closing side. Um, because I, I've I've been accused of being able to make that good connection and not being able to to close that that other end of the transaction. Not that I suck. Trust me, I've talked to a lot of sellers and I've closed a lot of deals. Um, and I run a you know I run a successful company, so I'm closing all the time, whether it's employees or or sellers. But I would say that my skill set is more on that rapport side, hands down. That's it's, it's no question. Well, Byron's the kind of guy that gets a contract and gets a date. That's that's what I feel like Byron is. He's just the, the smooth talker over there. All right, guys. Uh, that's all I got for you. Thank you guys for coming on here. I know, you know, more time out of your day, another hour under your closers Olympics journey. But I, I literally I wanted to get you. You were the guys that got to see everything. Yeah. Yes. Literally every single second of it, uh, or at least the vast majority of it. So thank you guys for coming on here and sharing your wisdom. Uh, real quick, Byron, where can people, if they want to follow your journey, connect more with you, where can they find you? Definitely check me out on Instagram. That's probably where I'm most active. They're, they're in Clubhouse, but my Clubhouse is a link to my Instagram, so you can you get both when you come there. But uh, uh, I would say Byron, the investor on Instagram, is the best place to reach me. All right, here we go. Uh, you have eight minutes, Pat, to tell everyone all of your social media. All handles. my social media. Hey, you just hit me up on Instagram at Pat Hilton Live. Hit at Byron the Investor and at Pat Hilton Live on Instagram, and let's all catch up. There you go. You can also find him on uh, Twitch, uh, TikTok, YouTube, Everywhere. Facebook. Oh man, <laughs> I'm, I'm a social media geek, man. There you go. The more all hands right. you shake, the more money you make. There you go. I, you know what's crazy is, is I've known Pat for several years now. I've never seen someone that doesn't do something in an industry, but everyone fucking knows this guy in the real estate investing industry. He's amazing with the power of social media. He's found a way to to find his wheelhouse over here, helping all of us Neanderthals learn how to use social media. Maybe I'll hire them at some point in time. Hey, and right. I think that's also the power of the community. And I always stress that too. It's like people in real estate, they're doing deals, they're making money and they're making connections. And so it's like, that's just more proof that if you get in with the right people, you can win. Absolutely. So last thing I'll say is, is if you enjoyed this episode and you lasted this long, let's see how many tags we can get here. Tag me on a post on either Instagram or Facebook that there was only one closer in the Closers Olympics. That's why I had to, to interview the host of the Closers Olympics for my recap. All right, guys. Thank you so much. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.